Hello, this is Kimberly Jonas coming to you from Boulder, Colorado. Today I'd like to speak a bit about the impact of self-sheltering on our state of mind. How the requirement for us to stay at home as much as possible leads to questions about how to best spend our time, including looking at checking in versus checking out. When I say checking in, I mean things like staying in touch with how you feel, communicating those feelings to others in your household and beyond, finding new ways to connect with your loved ones that you aren't in physical contact with, taking good care of your body, invoking practices that keep you centered and balanced. And on the other hand, when I say checking out, I mean things like avoiding uncomfortable emotion, binge watching or losing yourself on your device screen for hours, eating poorly or not at all, skipping exercise or practices that keep your body tuned, and avoiding speaking truthfully to others in your household about what is coming up for you during this time. Of course, it's not realistic to think that we're going to be checked in at all times, most especially with the amount of intensity that we're all experiencing as the coronavirus news shifts on a daily and even hourly basis. What I'd like to speak about is how to get back to check-in behaviors, how to self-referee, call ourselves out when we know that we've gone off into the ether of binge watching or other ways of numbing out because that's how we've been coping. The first thing to be aware of is that checking out has limitations. Yes, checking out can provide temporary relief from discomfort and give our central nervous system a chance to reboot. However, when the scale tips into the territory of this becoming our sole coping mechanism, things can go off track in a hurry. Depression, apathy, and anger can all set in as we disconnect from the very activities and people that can keep us engaged and elevated. The thing about checking in is that it doesn't have to be exhausting. It can be a soak in the bathtub that resets your system. It can be baking cookies with your kids so that everyone can connect a bit more. It can be sitting at the breakfast table with a cup of coffee or tea and simply enjoying the experience. I think the idea of checking in sometimes gets a bad rap because it's so often associated with deep processing and very intense engagement. But what I'd like to offer here is the idea that checking in doesn't have to involve blood, sweat, and tears in every moment. It can be about staying present in body and spirit in very simple, basic ways so that your system stays healthy on all levels. So then the question comes, how do we move from checking out to checking in? The first thing we need to become adept at is identifying our checkout behaviors. Perhaps you already know what they are, and they're amplified at this time because of the circumstances. If you aren't as aware of your checkout behaviors, take a little time to sit quietly and consider what they are. It's important that you be honest with yourself. That's the only way that you'll be able to track when you're checking out and then make a change. 
The thing about checkout behaviors is that they can be subtle. You might have a habit of only acting like you're listening when your partner's talking about something that makes you uncomfortable. Or you might get on the yoga mat to practice, but keep running through your to-do list rather than actually focusing on clearing your mind. Or you might tune into a podcast to listen, only to find that you have to rewind every 30 seconds because you've been somewhere else. The more you can connect with all of the ways that you tend to check out, the more success you'll have with cultivating check-in behaviors that are both sustainable and healthy. Once you've identified how and when you check out, it's then time to take action and start checking back in, invoking some practices that will balance things out. This is where it's so important that you be kind to yourself, that you not beat yourself up for checking out, but commit to course correction. If you live with someone, this is a perfect opportunity to hold each other accountable, to become each other's cheerleader so that you don't disappear into a deep, dark place that's hard to get out of. Start small. If you've been eating poorly to create comfort, exchange out one meal or snack that's more healthy. If you've been spending eight to 10 hours on the couch or in a chair, coax yourself into an hour of walking outside or dancing to your favorite music or video calling a friend or family member. Once you start proactive measures of checking in, you'll likely start feeling the benefits in a tangible way. Better sleep, less anxiety, more ease, better communication with your loved ones. And this is when it gets juicy, when you can really start checking in on a whole nother level because you are present and resourced. We have been given a gift with self-sheltering, the gift of slowing down, less to occupy and distract us, fewer errands, fewer events, the gift of time and space that we can either cram full of negative thinking or curiosity about how we might grow and learn from this pandemic. COVID-19 is asking us all to look more closely at our habits of isolation, judgment, and othering. This virus is illustrating in no uncertain terms that we are deeply interconnected and that our survival is dependent on our compassion and actions related to others. That continued acts of isolations and stories of that's not my problem lead to viral spread. Yes, our actual physical survival is now the most obvious lesson with this pandemic, and it is also asking us to take a look at how our connection to others, even in the best of times, is critical to our well-being. This time is allowing us to ask some deeper questions about ourselves, about trust, faith, compassion, vulnerability, how we respond to uncertainty, and how we choose to handle others' difficulty. In other words, how can we use this time 
to clean up our thoughts, our behaviors, our choices, so that we are contributing to the greater good. Here are some questions that might help you direct this deeper checking in process. Am I avoiding my feelings? If so, what are those feelings and why am I avoiding them? How do I relate to uncertainty? Am I willing and able to view this crisis beyond how it affects me? Can I extend my heart and mind to include other people who are being impacted by this pandemic? What is the thing I fear most? Are there certain not so great behaviors of mine that I know are amplified because of this pandemic? What can I do to change those behaviors? Can I communicate more kindly with my loved ones? Am I being 100% honest with both myself and my loved ones about how I feel? Am I taking good care of my body with food and exercise? We'll delve into some of these topics more deeply in the upcoming days, but for now, I encourage you to start with a daily practice of asking yourself, how am I checking out and how am I checking in? Doing your best to stay engaged and authentic. Remember, coupled with all of this adrenaline and chaos swirling in the world is stillness and space for this very investigation. Be gentle with yourself. Be curious about new learning. Be willing to let go of old habits and responses that keep you stuck in negative pattern. And let me know what questions you have as you go so that we can keep exploring together. In the meantime, I invite you to check into my podcast episode titled Clearing the Field, which shares a specific meditation that can help to keep you open and available to this inquiry.